When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and welcome to Monday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler and this podcast also happens to be the first podcast of the season after the league has started. We've had the first six games in the Premiership. Lots to talk about and helping me to do that, it's my friend, colleague, Joel Sked. Joel, how's it going? Very well. Good weekend of football. It certainly was. It was a very, very good weekend of football. And uh, how did you? How did you get on this weekend? What were you, what were your activities? I was out for the. I was out and about for the Rangers game. So only caught the second half. of caught caught with the first half on Y Scout, and then I was at Tynecastle on Saturday night. Um, didn't finish until uh, nearly two a.m. So that um, that. Impacted uh, my Sunday viewing, but managed to go to the pub and watch the Hibs game. And I have since watched the St Johnston game and the first hour, six five minutes off the Aberdeen game. Okay, I think you've watched one week because I didn't. I've only watched the highlights of the Ross County St Johnston game, uh, but I think I watched. Yeah, I watched everything else. <laughs> like I was flagging a wee bit, like just having to watch so many games. Like so, I watched three games on Saturday. I watched the Rangers game. I watched the Dundee St. Man game and then I watched the Hearts game at night, obviously. Uh, I had a few beers by that point, so my memory's a wee bit sketchy, but I, I, I can remember most of it. And then I watched the Aberdeen game for work. And then, yeah, by the time the Hibs game, I was watching it, but I was kind of looking at my phone quite a lot uh, just because it was like, <laughs> just because it was the fifth game I was watching that weekend. <laughs> I found myself just drawn to anything else. But anyway, we, we, I think we've got it all covered. Uh, instead of our usual on this show, where we talk through every game, Instead, we're going to 
basically do an homage to a view from the terrace and mm-hmm. uh, for we're basically just going to come out with 12 statements it's only week one but and then tell you what we think on each side but before we get to all that here's a little break the return of football is always worth celebrating and beer 52 are generously offering free beer while you watch your team from the comfort of your own home or if you just want a few to get you in the mood before you head down to the local ground as we're now allowed back at the stadiums again. Yes. They're offering eight craft beers sourced and created from the best breweries on the planet for free. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash terrace and just cover the $5.95 for postage. Beer 52 is the world's most popular craft beer discovery club with over 150,000 members that they send a brand new case to each and every month. Every month's case has a different theme. Past themes have included beer from New Zealand, South Africa, Korea, all over the US and Europe. If dark beer is not your thing, you can simply choose the light option and your case will come with an award-winning beer magazine, Ferment, and a tasty snack. Don't worry though, if you change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time. Just go to beer52.com forward slash terrace to get your first case of eight beers for $5.95. That's beer52.com forward slash terrace. Right, Joe. I don't think we have to do this in any particular order, so just let's just fire out who you want to talk about first. Who who's your who's your first it's only week one but since since we um always leave no no's to last I'll bring that to the bring that to the uh, bring that to the start. So, okay, uh, it's only week one, but nil is going to be the most common common number beside Ross County's name this season. Yes, uh, like I said, this is a game that I didn't watch, but I have seen the highlights, and I thought Ross, Ross County were in trouble when I saw one of the only few highlights that they appeared in in the, in the four minute twenty seconds on SPFL YouTube was a uh, Regan Charles Cook cross narrowly missing Connor Randall at the back post. I was like, ah, that's that's not good. I I, I can't remember that uh, at all. <laughs> they, uh, well, there wasn't really much a highlight. I think that also told the story as well. Yeah, it's it one of those moments where you said, okay, that's uh, you don't even make, make note of, but they did have a shot on target. That's uh, that, that, that's a big takeaway from that game. It was a very foully game. Uh, in the aftermath, uh, Malcolm Mackay has talked about wanting to add three more to his squad. I think it's down to two now because um, I, think, I think it's Harry Clark has signed from Arsenal to give them another centre-back option. But the, the, their squad is very light. I think they've lost 15, 15 bodies. Uh, there's, I think it's been supplemented by a few youngsters and a few players on loan. But one thing's clear, they need more attacking impetus. They they lined up in a 3 5 Two with Reagan Charles Cook and Connor Randall as your wing backs already. I think when you see that as a lineup, you're thinking, oh, oh, they are in trouble. Uh, Spittle and Callahan, they they played in advance of Tilson, and both of them will provide uh, will work and provide a bit of verticality. We just with a run, and you've seen that one moment potentially county's best uh, moment of the game was when Callahan made a great run in behind the Saints' defence. And I'm trying to think who played, oh, it was Cole Donaldson stepping out of defence, played a great pass to, <clears throat> to slide them in. And it was Callahan kind of cross-shot, 
with Dominic Samuel, who showed flashes at the back post, but the, the striker, all he had to do was he was slide in and he scores, and he doesn't. And you, you're thinking the to have strikers who got Ollie Shaw who came off the bench who probably aren't going to score double figures. They should score double figures between them, but they just seem to lack any sort of uh, get it. Verve in the attack and third. Harry Payton came off uh, off the bench, and I've always had my not always, but last season had the reservation about Payton. Is that I think he's a good player, just doesn't put up the the numbers or has that killer instinct in the final third. And you've seen that with there was one moment where he was playing in the left hand side of the box, and he kind of turned away from goal, and he eventually just won a free kick. They signed. Alex Robertson uh, from Man City, but reading him, there's, there's lots of interest and stuff. He seems like a he just seems like an all action midfielder by what Mackay was describing. Even though he's, he's got the number eleven, just he's talked about his work rate and stuff. But he's also said he'd been tracking him for four years. And I was thinking, why the fuck have you been tracking him for four years when you've been a performance director at, uh, or whatever his uh, job title is at the Scotland national team? But it turns out uh, Robertson can play for Australia. England, Scotland, and, and Peru. Um, he's uh, Fair 18, like, I think he's eighteen years old, but he again he was he, he was left on the bench. So they're at the moment. I mean, just coming in the season, there was worrying uh, concerns for us. Kind of just the nature of their summer, the way that Kai was brought in, Hughes Hughes left, uh, and then the the squad built is the Mackay actually said. Um, that it's going to be a bumpy, bumpy few weeks in the transfer window. And that's concerning considering how important the next few weeks are going to be for Ross County in the transfer window because you, you compare them to teams around them. I think Motherwell will probably score goals. Livingston at least have Bruce, uh, Bruce Anderson and they got goals from midfield. Who else? Dun United got Shankland at least and whose other team that I wasn't um, particularly enamoured by. But yeah, so it, it was, they've, they've kind of got goals between them. I just can't see Ross County creating many chances. And then the chances do create, they've not, not got that, that killer, that poacher to score goals. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have anything much to add to that. Obviously, I didn't see the game, but also as well, it kind of just reminds me of a lot of stuff that myself and Craig Cairns were, were talking about when we were discussing county season for the for the season preview for the for the Patreon. Uh, and if you'd like to listen to that episode and, and all our Patreons, it is patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast. That, yeah, it's just the fact that the squad doesn't look very good. Like, you're bringing in a manager who, I mean, yeah, yeah like, let, let's put all the kind of uh, controversy, uh, controversy to the side. You're bringing a manager who, on paper, maybe should be doing, um, maybe should be kind of elevating you as a club because... I mean, he probably wouldn't be county manager uh, if it wasn't for some of that kind of baggage that that, that comes with him. Um, I mean, he, he has also had chances in, in football after uh, what he did at, at Cardiff, but he still would probably have like maybe other uh, English clubs after him if, if it wasn't for his uh, prior indiscretions, to put it very lightly. Um, but you, you think like bringing somebody him in, if he can live up to his previous reputation as a boss then, then County could be doing very well but then you just looked at what they were kind of bringing in I mean the guys are bringing in I don't think they're necessarily that bad it's just the fact that like so many players left and it's just they've not they've just not brought in enough if they brought in as many players like you say Samuel looked like he maybe had something about him uh, Robertson looks like he maybe has something about him 
Uh, I know that uh, David Carancola has just passed uh, quarantine, so he's now, I think they'd put photos up today of him with a shirt and uh, looking all, you know, smiley happy to be there. He looks like he's got Give something about him. Give it time. Give it time. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he's got something about him as well because I, I had a look at him on uh, Scout. But so the CBB we bring it in, guys, you do look like maybe they're necessarily quality, but yeah, you're right. Like they still need a, a lot more bodies because it's quite clear that the guys who were there, and I thought they were quite lucky as well, kind of the, the, the makeup of the squad. Um, I mean, I was actually quite big on the county squad earlier in the campaign, but once kind of Ross Stewart left, and then you kind of, some guys were getting a bit older and some guys were out of form. Towards the end of the campaign, I kind of thought that they're going to be lucky to stay up. Uh, but I think Hughes ended up doing a, a decent enough job. And yeah, it's going to be a, an interesting few interesting few weeks left for county. If they, if they can continue bringing guys on, on that kind of level of the guys they brought in already, I think they might actually be all right, but they, they really have to get, get, this, um, get this nailed on. So just just before we move on, what is Zavik Mackay? As he's talked about it recently, is that he? I think he's quite keen to just loan players from from the English Premier League teams. But uh, can can call us? It can call. What type of midfielder is he? He's um. This will be something as well because when I looked up, because I was very big on him when I spoke to Tony uh, when we done our kind of when we done our uh, was it fourteen questions to to preview the season. I thought he was somebody that looked pretty decent, but then I kind of realised that a lot of what he looked good at, at like defensive midfield, like so, like for instance, he's somebody that's quite combative, but he's, he kind of falls short of being quite as combative as a normal defensive midfielder, and he's he's a good kind of he's a good ball player. He's very good at passing the ball uh, and passing the ball forward. Uh, he's not somebody who just plays it side to side, but he, he maybe lacks some of the other attributes that would make him a good number eight. So it, if he kind of maybe, and he also fouls a lot. So I was thinking, is this just Ian Vigers? <laughs> <laughs> but he comes from like a higher, like well, he comes from a decent standard, like playing in mm. the Austrian top flight. And then he, I think he went to uh, Slobin Liberec and, and, and failed to break into their team. But we know that Slobin Liberec, if they were to play most Scottish top flight teams in Europe, would, would probably, you know, beat everybody other than the top four or something. So it's it, he's coming for a decent standard. Uh, I think he'll be a, a decent player for County. So yeah, it's just about the case of, of bringing more guys like that in. But I like like I was just basically what I started off with, like Regan Charles Crook crossing to Colorado. <laughs> so you you have to improve. You have to improve, or you're going down. Right, I'll go next. Okay, let me look at this. Our list of uh, right. What would I want? Right, here we go. Dundee United. It's only been week one, but Tab Courts is Dundee United. Look awfully like Mickey Mellon's Dundee United. <laughs> I have to say, like. Yeah. <laughs> Like, going on the weekend, United were one of the, the, the clubs that I was most intrigued by, and I think a lot of people were intrigued by because we've heard a lot about what, what they've got plans for the club in terms of concentrating on coaching, in terms of talking a lot about how they plan to... I mean, they've only made two signings, so they're really hoping to, to bring on a lot of these kind of younger players. And also as well, I know that Tony Ashgar was in a, a Q&A with the fans, and he said... One of the things he said was that they weren't happy with the style of football last season, same the way the fans are. So I'm going into this Aberdeen game thinking, right, he's going to be Tam Courts with his expansive brand of football, playing all these young kids who he's coached up to the max. Let's let's see how this is going to work because it is going to be a success or disaster. And it was just like watching Mickey Mellon's team. I mean, they started out the first like 25, well, until Aberdeen scored. It was basically like a 5-4-1. 
Yeah, it was, it, you know, you know what they set up like. They said they uh, that those first twenty five minutes they set up like a League One or League Two team playing Aberdeen at Pitodry in the cup. Yeah, um, two banks, uh, one of five, one of four. Shankland on his own with nobody anywhere near him. No, no, no player engaging the ball uh, higher up the pitch. So it was like they were waiting for Aberdeen to get into the the final third of the pitch, final you're uh, even just over the halfway line. Yeah, and. Yeah, barely touched the ball, barely had any possession in Aberdeen's half. The only time they actually looked threatening uh, before Aberdeen scored was uh, twice the Aberdeen defence looked a bit dodgy. Uh, Considine and there was one time Considine, I think McCrory got in a wee mix up, and another time Considine was uh, uh, played a very poor pass and, and almost got caught. But other than that, they, they really showed nothing. The only thing I could really say for them, and this is maybe true of the entire game, was that Aberdeen didn't create a lot of chances for their possession. So maybe the, the defence does look maybe improved. But then again, Aberdeen. We're playing on three days rest, having mm. you know, um, having played hacking away from home in, in midweek. So if you want to catch Aberdeen at any time, this is kind of a good time to catch them. And yet, yeah, other than I mean, they looked good for that fifty minutes before half time when they they kind of came out a bit more. But second half, it was it was more of the same. Aberdeen just completely controlled um, possession, penned them back, got the second goal, and from that point forward, United never really looked like getting back in the game at all. So with United, I have my concerns about just how good this batch of youngsters are, whether they are good enough to be hoisted on the pedal so that they seem to be, uh, the club seem to be uh, uh, trying. Um, I just don't, I just don't know if they are uh, the, the quality that they are of the quality that you'd you'd want to rely on in in the Premiership. And then secondly, if I was Lauren Shankland. I'd be getting out of Tanadice as quickly as fucking possible because it was just so, so isolated up there. He had a, he had a really poor game, a really yeah. poor game. There was a couple of times where he just, uh, um, two times he just passed the ball out of the pitch. And, but he's just looking a shell of the player he is just because of the nature of how United just set up the, the, the first goal. Just seen you know, just the, the the sheer problems that United had throughout the team is that uh, I think Shankland went to press the defence. Defence shifted. Uh, I think it might have been uh, McCrory shifted it to Ferguson. Uh, Shankland turned round and seeing that uh, there was no Dun United player within 15, 20 yards of him, he kind of just he, he gave it that kind of exasperated um, gesture. Drop, drop uh, the shoulders. Fer- Sorry. Drop the shoulders. Like yes, yes. Oh. And then Ferguson looked up clipped the ball over the top for for Johnny Hayes and you think, oh, Johnny Hayes is a mile offside. Nope, that's because um, who was it that was playing? I think it might have been Edwards was playing um, five yards on, playing on five yards on side. Uh, Seagra should have came out for that as well. Yeah, he was he was, he was pretty deep. So yeah, there was... Um, <laughs> but even like with the ball, I was like, how have you not got that? Like, I just kept expecting because I had uh, Johnny Hayes as my captain, my fantasy team. Um and uh, I had originally had Hedges. I originally had Kamar Roof, and then he was on the bench for Rangers. So I shut it up the bench and picked up a super sub. Uh, but yeah, I had uh, Hedges, and then found that he was a player, so I switched my captain to John Hayes. So I was like, so when Hayes got put through, I was like, go on, go on. And I was like, ah, it's too far. Hang on. Why is the goalie not coming? Where's the goalie? <laughs> and he eventually gets there. And I wonder whether it was going to actually get given as an own goal, because it's kind of hard to tell. I wonder whether mm. Hayes is... I always thought that Seagrass helped it in the back of the net. Yeah, I didn't see the. the I, I, I didn't can't remember seeing a good angle to to, to judge that on. But it doesn't it doesn't seem like we have a goals panel in Scotland. Just like if just just ask for a goal, and yeah, it's yours. 
<laughs> right. Let's move on. Who do you want to talk about next? Let's go for the Gorgi boys. Uh, I, I originally I had, I had a negative and a positive, but I'll uh, because the, the negative being that we were actually shite on Saturday. <laughs> kind of, yeah. It was the, the fact that um, was it, the negative was the fact that we saw the concerns about playing a three-four-three. Uh, I mean, the Hearts fans have a concern about Nielsen and conservatism anyway, um, and then you've seen the the downfall of the three-four-three when you have essentially two defenders playing as the wing backs, they yeah. just drop and it, it turns, it goes from 3-4-3 into a 5-4-1. Yeah, I was looking at looking at the uh, Scout today, only, um, it was weird, Hearts com- uh, committed four fouls against Celtic. I meant to look it up uh, the last time uh, they con- conceded so few and the fact that uh, they, Wisecout have a metric PPD it's like uh, passes per defensive action and the, the higher the, the number is it means that um, sorry the, the lower the number is it is, uh, means the team have put more pressure on the opposition however um, only Livingston um, allowed the opposition to have more passes per defensive action uh, than Hearts but positive positive um, John Suter is going to be a player of the year candidate until he suffers, sorry, until he suffers a devastating injury in January. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, that is always concern. But speaking, uh, speaking of him on Saturday after the game, and seeing him like uh, up close, noticed a, a couple of times um, when covering Hearts games, and you, you actually when you, you see Sir up uh, up close, he is. He looks bigger. Um, more robust than ever before. And he talked about it after the game and says that as soon as he got injured, basically the sports scientist was like, right, this is this is where we want to get, like weight we want to get you to. This is like the body shape we want to get you to. Uh, and it's it, he said it's had a massive difference. He's no longer, he said he's, he's in a position where he gets no longer gets bullied. And you can see that in the way he, the way he's really aggressive. Uh, in the air on the ground, he's really com- uh, combative. Uh, I think the three four three really works for him because we spoke uh, to Ryan Porteous, um for an interview, uh, which you can get on patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast. I feel like Jonathan, <laughs> feel like Jonathan Wilson <laughs> trying to get uh, a punt for one of his books in, his, in a garden article he writes. Um, that he talked about playing in a three, how when he plays a central, that it's um, he doesn't get on the ball as much because it's the, the the two players on the uh, the play on the side get on the ball and able to pass it. That suits Suter down a tee coming out, seeing it with yeah. the opening goal. Uh, he played the ball into ball into Ginelli. but what the, one of the reasons said player of the year candidate because as we as we've seen in the past with these uh, uh, player of the year awards. Folk love uh, a story. They love a narrative, and with Suter as well coming back from uh, such a devastating injury, he says he's in the best shape of his best shape of his life. I, I really do. Like as soon as he came in last season, back into, I think he played the last four or five games. Uh, he, he didn't look like he'd been away for so long, and he's just continued that into the, uh, this season. He looks so strong. Uh, just looks like a better defender, a more rounded defender. Uh, so yeah, I think um, I, I already think he's going to be player of the season for Hearts, and if we are up the top, uh, upper echelons of the league, I think he'll be a key reason why, and I, I can see him potentially getting uh, been in the certainly been in the conversation for it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that are going to bristle at that because he's never really shown that kind of level before. He's also been injured a lot, and it's two Hearts fans talking, so uh, there's mm-hmm. going to be I imagine there's going to be a lot of eye rolling among our listeners, obviously. And when it even when I first 
saw it written down as well. When you sent me it, I was like, <laughs> you're getting far too carried away. Like in the first episode, like not the first episode, like in the pilot of A View for the Terrace, when uh, you said Hearts were going to challenge for the title that season. Got, uh, got to November. You're going to to November. It looks very, <laughs> we're top of the league until then. Uh, but th- th- let's not talk about the rest of the season or anything else that's really happened since. Uh, but So yeah, I was a bit kind of, I was a bit eye-rolling myself. But then you're kind of right. Um, and you make a very good point about the three at the back. Well, you make two good points. The, the second one is something I didn't think of, which was, yeah, he's got a great narrative and you always, well, award stuff you do, everybody loves a kind of good narrative and, and Suter's horrendous injury history. The fact that he was a Scottish international is now kind of so far out of the picture for that. And, I mean, guy kind of wanted by clubs in England and, and that seems a long way away as well. But... I mean, if he, if he is, and he's not shown any signs. I mean, as you say, it looks like he's actually come back better for it. And if he shows, and I was on, I was talking to Graham Spears, I was on his podcast that we can do a Q&A ahead of the new season. And somebody asked if if Suter was going to end up like Levine, where a lot of his talent would be taken away by his injuries. But I was like, well, Levine, firstly, it was 80s. And, and secondly, he suffered like two uh, consecutive well I suppose Shooter did as well with uh, Achilles but I don't, get, I don't think it's quite the same um, but in the 80s and even like into the 90s we can all remember usually uh, a player suffering a, a knee ligament damage was like a career just a bit like a if not a career ender than a career ruiner like because it used to rob everybody of pace like players wouldn't be the same there's so much more advancements now that Shooter uh, is kind of going to benefit from that despite having all these injuries and uh, and also as well, like he's not somebody that's really relied on his athleticism as much. He's always mm-hmm. been about playing with the ball, and that comes that leads me to your other point about him playing at the three at the back. That is that is really going to suit him down to the ground. That's going to make his that aspect of his game stand out, and that's the surefire way to kind of make yourself. Uh, if he's going to be a player, your candidate at a club like Hearts, who I think we still reckon fifth. At this point in time, it's probably still about the best they can hope for. So they're not going to be that exciting a team. But if he can stand out by being this kind of great ball playing set half and, and be really interesting to watch by himself, and he definitely could be, we know he has that talent, then I think you're actually right. He could make it. I still think it's a bit of a log shot, but I, I can see there's method in your madness. Just, yeah, just someone I, when he said that um, uh, he talked about getting carried away, someone tweeted me uh, over the weekend and uh, beat, and I think the tweet was exactly not like you to get carried away. And uh, which kind of, which is fair enough because I look back on it, I can't remember what he was referring to. It could be any number of things. So there you go. <laughs> Right, next up. It's only been week one, but Dundee's Premiership new boys will be fine with a step up. I was quite, yeah, I watched their Look, game. handy against the man. Yeah, and that, that was the thing, like a number of guys who I had question about coming out of this campaign, like guys like Lee Ashcroft's not played in the top flight for years. Jason Cummins has only had a, a, a small spell in the top flight. Killian Sheridan wasn't exactly, I mean, he was a decent enough player before. Uh, when he was in Scotland, but he wasn't exactly incredible. And he's now in his 30s. There was also guys like... Paul McMullen. Paul McMullen. Um, did I mention Jordan Marshall as well? Um, no. Jordan Marshall. And uh, there's probably one or two others I'm forgetting for the weekend that I thought looked pretty good. And Max I mean, Anderson. 
Oh yeah, until he's red card. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wild. You can see what he was trying to do, but the uh, um, the execution of it was just absolutely appalling. Yes, it just got far too carried away. Too much adrenaline pumping through him at that moment. Clearly, yeah, they they all look pretty good. And I mean, this is a this is a Samaritan team as well. You, you can look at it and say, okay, but they're only playing Samaritan. They're not playing, you know, Hearts have a team or uh, Rangers or Celtic or whatever. But Samaritan are. They're going to be a decent team this season. I'd be, I'd be, I mean, I'd be not wholly surprised, but it's the Scottish Premiership. We could never really be surprised by anything other than one of Rangers and Celtic winning the league. But I would be, I would be fairly surprised if Sibirin don't finish at least in the top seven. Like I think that they've got, they've got a, a foundation, a decent manager, and looking at their squad, they're certainly capable of that. And they played pretty well themselves. I mean, twice took the lead. And uh, there's an aspect of them I'll, I'll come on to talk to about later. But they were, you know, they were they were a tough side to, to face in their first game. And Dundee played pretty well. Um, I think matched them for a lot of periods. Played. There was a really entertaining game. Then the red card happened, and Dundee had to had to really show things up. And they did. I think there was there was one very good chance that that Samirin had. But other than that, I think Dundee defended terrifically well. Lee Ashcroft was one of the best players in the park. And you're suddenly looking at it thinking maybe McPake wasn't that naive to, to kind of put his trust in these guys. It is one game and they might still be riding the, the crest of a wave, but it's certainly an, a good sign for the season ahead. Yeah, so I, I spoke to, I messaged Gary uh, Cocker on Friday night, just, I can't, can't remember what was regarding, oh, I think I was, I was writing something, uh, but I wanted to just uh, ask his take on Dundee this season, what's the likely lineup? Then he, he sent me the, the what he thought was the best eleven. Uh, fair enough, it's it's, it's it's decent. There's 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 question marks around it. Whether a lot of these players are going to step up, and then I seen the team on Saturday. Liam Fontaine had dropped out, and then it was a case of putting Jordan McGee to centre back, bringing others into midfield, and the, there was a, kind of alarm bells ringing because you've seen McGee. And Adam strike up a really good relationship in this uh, centre uh, pitch. Fontaine has been so so key as a centre back, but yeah, they've uh, they impressed me even just in, in the highlights. And then you talked about McPake and the trustees had in name. You also have to look at the trust and the, the Dundee um, hierarchy of Adam McPake as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, that that loyalty was almost surprising. And yeah, um, I think a guy Gary said himself, if it wasn't for the if it wasn't for the pandemic, McPeak would probably have been gone because there would have been a lot of pressure uh, in, in terms of fans in the stadium. They would some of the some of the disasters that we've seen, uh, some of the comical disasters that we saw in the early part of the Dun- uh, campaign for Dundee wouldn't have been tolerated as much if, if fans were allowed in. But he, he got the time, and he's managed. He managed to turn it around, and uh, yeah, they're certainly looking bright. That was um, yeah, that was one thing that one thing I thought was a bit curious, and <clears throat> maybe shows that he doesn't really have. Um, much faith in Liam Fontaine to make the step up and I can certainly understand that why considering these performances for County when he was last year and just his age as well it's just I think it's just at the time now where Liam Fontaine isn't on top flight set a half anymore and he'll be there for he'll be very good for the dressing room I think he's always come across as somebody who'll be a, like a really good teammate and he'll he'll provide decent enough cover um, but I think that we'll be looking for Ryan Sweeney to step in and he came off the bench and looked very good so I think maybe next game uh, Sweeney in the back four and, and McGee back into the centre of the park and that should give them a bit more balance as well. So there's even reasons to be more optimistic. Maybe not. I mean, they're going to... Well, maybe they, maybe they actually should be optimistic. They're away to Celtic next. <laughs> if there's any time to play them. Right, let's move yep. on. 
Yes, I'll, I mean, so I'll, I'll stick with Celtic. It's, uh, it's sure. only week uh, week one, but Ange Postacoglu is going to have Celtic as a must-watched team. Celtic are obviously the box box office club at the moment off the field, and I reckon they could be the box office uh, club on uh, on the field. Watching them on, so watched watched them a couple of times now. Watched them against uh, Mitchelland. Watched um, obviously on Saturday. Uh, Postacoglu has a way of playing. Uh, sure, will take take time to get spot on just with the with the in terms of the personnel he has and the fact that Celtic need a massive overhaul talk about him needing to get results it's like yes they always have to get results at Celtic but there has to be a understanding of the position Celtic are in at the moment it's um he has been dealt the shittest of hands, and it is going to it is going to take a lot of time to shovel up all the shit and get rid of it. <laughs> they they pop it about they pop it about very well. I was quite impressed with the way the way they did against uh, to uh, against Hearts. They've got two direct positive wingers. Unsure on Forrest playing uh, on the left and uh, Abada on the right. Considering Abada's crossing is looks really really poor. Uh, two centre midfielders want to get forward, but by God, they'll leave big gaps at the back. I thought Hearts uh, were quite poor at times going forward. Uh, so I mean, they got got up in um, the counter attacked well, but then they got into the final third, and they just their decision making was was really poor. The, uh, with the way the two uh, the fullbacks play, Celtic are going to leave a lot of gaps down the flanks, I think, and then. Uh, Starfelt does no look comfortable running back to his, his back to his own goal uh, when he gets turned again. First, he's only just arrived at the club. First game uh, again in the, in the Scottish Premiership, it was frenetic. It was really pulsating. So there, he might it might just be like a kind of shock to the system. But I think they'll score goals. I also think they're going to see um, concede a lot of goals as well. So fun. I just said that about Abada because. When I looked, when I scouted him after he signed for the article for the Scotsman, he was somebody to me that looked like he wasn't really that interested in crossing. He just looked like he wanted to attack inside. Yeah. And I noticed that against Mitchelland as well, the way like, like tr- kept trying to go on the outside, even when I the defender it. was showing him inside. And I'm like, what are you doing? This is kind of what your, your bread and butter is. I wonder if he's been asked to do that or he's just, I don't know, maybe he's just trying, trying out something new. But <laughs> if that's the case, you should stop it and just attack inside because, yeah, you're not very good going outside, mate. Yeah, I think someone on the someone on the chat made a good point, and I think he I think he is right footed, but so he he was playing on the right and all went down the uh, down the side. Whereas if you just swapped on with Forrest, you had Forrest attacking the outside, which he does so well, and, and then you can go in and out. Yeah, yeah. But as you as, as weird, yeah, I think I think Celtic <laughs> going to be a lot of fun this season. Uh, I, I jokingly put in that it's only week uh, one, but uh, uh, Coglu will have a altercation with a journalist at some point in the season, um, as in getting coming on from behind the desk to have words. <laughs> was there? Was there? A, you don't have to name names, but was there him close on Saturday? Nah, uh, right. no, nah, I was. I wasn't. Uh, just because of the the work I was doing, I was only so I, I was just covering heart stuff. I was only half listening to to what he said, but it wasn't any um, it wasn't anything that uh, um, made my, my made my ears prick. So, but he does say again. I think he, he, he I'm sure he mentioned it in the uh, the media, uh, the fan media event he did at, mm-hmm. uh, when he first arrived that he can be quite grumpy. 
Um, and I'm sure he said whether he used the word grumpy, I'm not sure, but he, he certainly kind of alluded to that. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's been amusing so far. Right, it's only been week one, but Keith Van, oh, sorry, Keith Va- Von, Von Ven, I think we're going with, is it? Is that the Sky Sports pronunciation? Keith Von Ven. Let's go with that. Keith Von Ven is going why, to be. Why, 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 keep, why do you keep calling him Keith as Kevin? Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> I was wondering why you're getting so confused. Yeah, sorry. Kevin Von Ven. Uh, is it Von Ven? Is that it? I, I, I wasn't listening to my sound. When I see it written down, I just think it's Keith Van Veen. Yeah. If, there's a, if there's a different pronunciation, then I'll need to, to learn that and forget it. <laughs> you just said Keith there. Did I just say Keith? Yeah, because <laughs> the, the, the stuff you sent me has got Keith written down. It's Kevin Van Veen. That's that. That that's when when, I, when I've seen it. It's uh, I've always just assumed it's Kevin Van Veen. But I was I was watching the game in the pub, so I didn't hear what the commentator said. Yeah, let me, let me start that again. It's only week one, but Kevin... Uh, I'm just going to call him Van Veen. Kevin Van Veen is going to be worth the ticket price alone this season. So, yeah, yeah you have compared them to Harry Kane. I kind of get, get that, but... Yes, uh, I was... Just, uh, before you get onto yours, I just I was watching it. I was watching it for, the, for about 10 minutes. Like, and he reminds me of someone. He reminds me of a striker. And I just clicked... It was uh, Harry Kane. Just the way the way he takes the ball in, the way he shifts it, the way he controls it, the, just the way he moves. Um, he just re- reminds me of uh, the England striker. <laughs> you can also see why he's been compared to Dennis Bergkamp as well. And, and I know this sounds wild to anybody listening, uh, but it's, it's just like obviously a very, 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 very discount version of these players. Yes, but you can see as well because he, he does move like the way he moves with the uh, ball, the way he just moves in general. Like we just his head up all the time, like that kind of perfect posture for a footballer as he's kind of running with the ball you see and yeah he was he was excellent against Hibs mm-hmm. I, I think we I think we thought coming in that he, he had real kind of cult hero potential but I I certainly wasn't quite prepared for, for the show he had uh, against the Hybees I mean I, I did see a, a comment from a Motherwell fan, uh, I don't know whether it was just this guy being overly negative because I mean it wouldn't be like Scottish football fans to be that but he did wonder whether this was going to be a case of Hibs were taken by surprise and for future games, especially against teams that might not fancy themselves good enough to just leave them one-on-one with a defender and just trust their defender to do the job, that they might start to double up on them. And that'll be interesting to see if that does happen, whether they can adapt it. But I hope I hope it's not the case that it impacts his game. I hope that literally every single game he plays is as good as this one because he was just... He was... I mean, it was an... Apologies... It was an entertaining match in general, but he he really kind of helped it take it up a notch as well. Yeah, I, I just saw he, he was just it's, the way he plays. He's just he's, he's so smooth, and he just entices defenders uh, to come out. And you see that in the, the second half when he uh, I think he eventually won a corner, but skipped past. I think it was McGinn and and, and Porteous. Gave Porteous a really really hard time. That's it's really encouraging for Mother because that was one of the key positions where you worried for them. Just that the Fanti Cole had left, but they 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 seem to have uh, seem to have recruited well. And yeah, he is he's already going to be one of my favourite players to watch this season. And it looks like it looks like the kind of perfect player for that team as well. Somebody that all. I mean, he scored, but it's not really about him really scoring goals, I think, in this side. I think he kind of has to play that, the, the role he kind of saw him playing, like a playmaking, like a. Uh, Almost like a false nine. Um, what was it called? 
what was it called Harakina nine and a half or something? Half, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so kind of that that kind of player, and just kind of hope that the guys around him can, can chip in enough. That I mean, I thought he'll, he'll score a, a, a decent amount himself, but he's. I don't think his game's going to be a lot focused around bringing others into play, and I think that's perfect because that's kind of what Motherwell need with, with the kind of shape of their squad. Mm-hmm. And I think once they get Connor Shields fit and available on on the right side of the attack as well, I think that'll really help them. Having looked terrible. In the bet, uh, sorry, in the Premier Sports Cup games, I think Motherwell fans can can rest a lot easier that their team's not going to be as bad as they looked against Queens Park and against Airdrie this league campaign. And Slatterly does look like a, a decent acquisition in the midfield as well. They can still probably do bolster that defence, but they, they do have their their latest signing to still come into the team, so that'll maybe help matters. But overall. A very kind of, even though they lost and even though they conceded three goals at home, neither of which are ideal, I still think Motherwell don't think they're going to trouble the top six too much, but I, I, don't, I no longer look at them as possible relegation contenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Right. It's only... I'm sorry, I'm sorry I've took you away. Uh, of course you pause there. Go ahead. It's only week one, but if I were a Dons fan, I'd be very excited. Yes, um, several aspects of this team. Uh, yes, that's that, literally yeah. That's uh, uh, noted down noted down a number of reasons why um, uh, they're, they're good to watch. Uh, the two, two young fullbacks, yep. Daniel yep. Thomas is a number ten. Uh, yep. Scott Brown could have been a good leader of the side. Uh, yeah, uh, Christian Ramirez, uh, Lewis Ferguson's been in the excellent form so far. What's not to love? So, yes, I, 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 went, I went new manager. Two cult hero centre forwards, two pricks in midfield that you'd love to have in your team but hate playing against, two really promising fullbacks, uh, some positive football, but also the rebirth of Funzo Oyo. Oh, yeah, how can I forget about that? Yeah, he took a, took a bit of a sword later on. Hopefully he's, uh, hopefully he's all right because I don't want this, I don't want his momentum to be ended. I want to see Funzo looking like the player he was supposed to be because he came in with. I mean, he came with England's League One, but I think he was quite highly thought of. And obviously, Hibbs wanted him as well. And it just, it's never really worked from Aberdeen. And it's always been almost perplexed as to how how he's been so bad, having been a player who I thought looked pretty good prior to him coming in. And we're kind of finally starting to see that player, although in a different manner than what I assumed. I didn't think I'd be seeing him really start to contribute as a kind of box-to-box energetic wide midfielder. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but here we are. Yeah, he was. I forgot to uh, forgot to like note it down, but there was there was one moment where he was. Uh, there was this one moment that really uh, stood out for him, just as um, what just what he added uh, the capacity he added to uh, that midfield. But yeah, it's, it must be must be good to be a Don's fan. Don's fan at the moment, just because of the, the, the suffering. I mean, they've 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 they've, they've still performed pretty well league wise, but they've had. Had to suffer a lot of performances, and you talked about when you talked about Dundee United and Tony Ashgar meeting fans and wanting um, wanting to enjoy their football a bit more. That's been very much the, the the case at Aberdeen. I think that was a big thing for Dave Cormack was to bring someone who would who would look to play positive uh, positive football. And yeah, it seems to be working. Uh, Ramirez as well. So you've brilliant obviously scored, but a brilliant moment where he um, was running towards the byline and then he back heeled it uh, through the legs of a United player um, to to Hayes or Oyo, uh, certainly to a teammate anyway. Uh, they've got a new song for Ramirez, which is really, really catchy. 
um, <laughs> uh, an, an Aberdeen band. Calvin Ramsey looks brilliant. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, he really looks uh, a, a really top prospect. Somebody who's crossing has been that, that's been the main aspect. So he's now I've seen him playing in two games and he's had an assist in both of them with, with terrific balls in the penalty box and the the dummy sold Reynolds. Oh, uh, was just oh like Incredible. perfect and, and looks such a great attacking fullback and him and him and Nathan Patterson coming through at the same time really kind of should be exciting for a Scotland fan that we're actually going to have a half decent right back soon enough. Big time. And mentioned about Celtic and the way that Postacoglu plays his fullbacks, playing them, they have to get on the ball and centre the pitch. Like Ramsey, same with Patterson. He looks that he just looks like a really, really good footballer who could play in different positions. Uh, so yeah, it's exciting, exciting time to be uh, Aberdeen fan. Obviously, unsure about the the depth in the team and how everybody else uh, fits in. But no, it's um, been been relatively impressed from the two games I have seen I've seen of them so far. Right, it's only been week one, but Eamon Brophy and Curtis Main are going to be a cracking strike partnership. Yeah, that's uh, the, the the goal is just everything you want from. Uh, a little and large duo. Uh, that for the, the first goal, um, Brophy, just so aware of what Maine's going to do. He's like, he gambles. He he, he makes a run as if to, uh, he, he doesn't think he doesn't wait for Maine to win it. He just assumes that uh, Maine's going to win it. And it's frustrating when you do see a front pairing for no matter any team and they play miles apart from each other. You've got that's to that's play. actually more common nowadays in football than guys who actually seem to link up all the time. Yeah. I don't know if it's just because they're not used to it or they think that because the game's moved on they maybe don't have to do it. But whenever you see strike partnerships, often I find that they, they don't fit together well at all. But these guys look like they certainly do. Yeah, they look like they're uh, on the same page. Maine looks um, uh, looks looks trim. He looks like he does. He's, he, he looks I don't like know if a haircut makes him look even more trim, but it certainly like he looks yeah. kind of rejuvenated. Looks like a, diff- a new man, a different man, a paisley man. Scores 20 goals. <laughs> Curtis Miami doing damage. Yeah, the, the, I think they hooked up again in the first half as well. Um, maybe, no disappointments, maybe they didn't create trouble uh, the Dundee defensive as much in the second. But yeah, the, I mean, to talk about him coming in and, and them striking up right, the, the new kind of partnership is, is kind of what you're wanting as a man fan. And also as well, talk about main looking rejuvenated Brophy after... It must have been a really frustrating season from last year. They struggled to get back in the Kelly team after the start of the campaign. Went to St. Martin in January, suffered an injury. Didn't really get going at all. Campaign was almost a bit of a write-off for him. And I mean, I know he's never going to get back to this level or it's very doubtful that he will. But I mean, you know, they're talking about not long ago he was in a, he was playing for Scotland. So yeah, it was quite the quite the fall for him. And you, you did wonder coming into this campaign if he doesn't get off to a great start, is he going to just kind of slide into a complete kind of irrelevant um, but certainly he looked he looked sharp his strike partner looked sharp some men looked pretty decent in general and yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to them uh, hooking up a bit more uh, in the coming weeks right Joel I think you've got we've got one left each I've got two we've got two left each okay you go first and I'll try to figure out what my second one is it is only week one but St Johnston have the best defence outside Rangers um, let me think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, I'm going to go for that. Yeah, it'll all be sold by this month, but still. <laughs> yeah, and, and enjoy, enjoy it while we enjoy it while you can. 
But we, we obviously talked about Ross County early on. No, they weren't helped by the fact that they were coming up against McCart, Kerr, Gordon, protecting uh, protecting Clark, and uh, you got Sean Rooney and Reese Devine played. Uh, I think he's been he signed on loan from Man United. He looks really good. It looks like uh, certainly they, they've not done. Uh, they, they, they've not lowered the quality from Scott Scott Tanzer, so I think they've got again two left backs who will be very competitive. He he's slightly different to uh, Rooney. I think he he looks more like a um, McNamara type uh, on the left side. Ah, the, the, Danny McNamara, so, not Jackie. Danny McNamara, yeah. He he, he gives me he gives me those vibes. He looks he, he does look like a wing back rather than just uh, simply a fullback. Which is uh, which helps playing in this this formation for St Johnston, where the uh, the wing backs are key getting forward, but also getting crosses in the box. He he grew into the game and he puts himself about as well. So he he seems to have started um, uh, started really strongly. Back three, just I, not a lot you can add to. It. They just balance each other so so well. Jamie McCart again was. He'd probably be my, my man of the match. Thought he was thought he was excellent. Um, always, well, always been a big fan of him since he's since he moved to uh, moves to St Johnston. So they will be a very very difficult side to to break down, especially when you get it screened by Murray Davidson. He had another great game, just uh, breaking up play. Uh, Ross County they, they did go long to White and Samuel every now and then. He would always kind of be on their toes snapping into challenges so yeah they are St Johnston still interesting uh, going forward be interesting to see what Davidson does going forward because they had Henry and O'Halloran starting which was uh, with Kane and Main or uh, Main on the bench I don't know if that was to do with Europe in mind uh, giving them a shot and they are signing the Finnish boy uh, his name escapes me so I think they'll be I think Davidson might be working a few things in the final third but just a continuation of last season in the defensive third. Yeah, and it's going to be key for them to hold on to some of these guys. I wonder, I think that Europe's going to play a massive part in it. Because what's the point in, well, they'll play a massive part on two fronts. They'll either go, but they'll go for more money mm. because clubs will know that St. Johnson don't have to sell them. They can just let their contract run out or they might even convince one of them yeah, to stick around if it's a club in Europe and a club on the up. I mean, that seems it always seems doubtful because usually players just want to go, but you never know. And, the other factor is that if they, oh, I've just alluded to that, the other factor is that they don't have to. Like, they can just say, if, if nobody's willing to come in with more than 300,000 for Rooney or 400,000 for Kerr, if you manage to make it into the, I mean, make it into the Europa League group stages, probably quite fanciful. But they've got an outside chance of getting it to the Europa Conference League group stages. And if they do that, they're, they're guaranteed a few million. So, and it could be really exciting and that'd be one of the reasons and I think that's what Joseph fans would probably want more than anything is just to keep this kind of special unit together because, I mean, teams like this don't come along uh, very often and it's, a, it's certainly a, like a, a really, really strong group. And yeah, the, the back three, and, like, well, the back five in general is just like for a, for a club of St. Johnson's size is ridiculously strong and you just want to see them play together as, as much as possible and hopefully that lasts beyond August. I'm, I've just got a picture of uh, is it is Steve Brown's the the chairman owner yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, of just him uh, yes yeah, Steve Brown uh, of 
him just cackling away at the potential like three million from the Commerce League, but fans like invest in the team, and he's like, no, no, and another cemetery, another car park. <laughs> It's a crematorium. Oh, I could get a cemetery yeah. as well. We could get the whole thing going. <laughs> well, no, I suppose it's the, the, you wouldn't need to bury. You wouldn't. You didn't bury ashes in a cemetery, but you could give them the option. There you go. We can either go there, or they can the go in the stadium furnace. of death. Yourself. <laughs> Where your hopes for three points come to die. Points. There you go. Stick that there, yeah. Stick that on the side of the side of the stand. Right, yeah. I figured out what my other one was. Uh, I'll leave that one for now. I'll leave that one for uh, my last pick, and I will go with my second last, which was God of Oh yeah, Livingston are still going to be a tough out this season, even if they aren't any good. So after week one, still undecided whether they're actually going to be a good team in this league and whether they're going to be able to because really against Rangers they didn't. And I know it's a way to Rangers, so it's it's really hard to take anything from it. Mm-hmm. But I was still quite disappointed of, with how little they did an attack. And like Bruce Anderson running run about up front, barely able to hold on the ball. Like they, they were just they really had any kind of periods of any sort of possession, or I mean, definitely no kind of any pressure. They never looked like scoring. Uh, but when it kind of comes from where my the production comes from is that I still thought they'd done very well to limit the amount of chances Rangers had over the game. I mean, I know Rangers piled it on near the end, scored twice, and maybe could have had a couple more to, to really kind of make it embarrassing. But that was after Livingston going down to 10 men, uh, after an injury to uh, Kabaya, uh, after they made all three subs. So that was when the floodgates really kind of started to open late on. Uh, until then, they never looked like they were going to do anything in the game, but they were still, you know, in it. They were still only a goal down, and I could still see them being a very uh, disciplined, organised side. Uh, maybe playing above the some of their parts still, but that might not necessarily mean they're that good because I still have a number of question marks about them going forward. Yeah, like uh, can't add much to that. They're just it was it was a hard, a really hard game to to judge them on just with uh, the hard game to judge any any team going to Rangers Ibrox just because the just the nature of Rangers quality and the massive um massive difference between the quality on on, on both sides. Um I think it shows you they're not gonna get pumped a lot. Even if even if it's even if it's very poor. Even if they finish bottom, I still don't think they'll get pumped a lot. I think they'll just be they'll be a very competitive side. Yeah, my my thing with uh, Livingston is that they're not, they're not going to be fun anymore. They're not going to be the, the the Livingston that um, that added a different dimension to the Premiership. I I, I do think that identity will uh, will cease this season, and they'll just be just be a run off the mill side. Okay, what's your final one? Final one. Oh, I've uh, changed it. It is uh, it's only week one, but Jack Ross needs to let Hibs off the leash for them to succeed this season. Interesting. After uh, scoring three goals away from home. Yeah, but it, when, when you actually look at it, they, it wasn't until he, um, he made the change of going, bringing Doidge on and going essentially uh, 4-4-2. Uh, and uh, Jake Doyle Hayes as well, do not forget. Yes, so they, the, the, he made... The difference maker. <laughs> he, he, made uh, he, he made some... He made positive changes. But you just look at... 
you look at Hibs and don't don't get me wrong, I think um I think if uh, Hibs played conservatively this season, they'll still do well. Uh, they probably still uh, still finish third. But I do. There's like grumblings from uh, Hibs fans. I've spoken to quite a few who aren't quite sure about Jack Ross. Uh, not completely sold on him, and a lot of it comes down to the, the style of football. The fact that he what of what here is very. I think um, Tony mentioned on the preview podcast he did with Andy Harrow on uh, patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast that <laughs> <laughs> that he kind of lumping him Jack Ross with Derek McInnes that kind of that can say when you probably put Robbie Nielsen in there whereas he's talked this he talked a couple of weeks ago about wanting to bring in uh, Muller uh, this summer and he wants to add another striker even if Nisbet was to was to stay and you just look at it so just say you've got another striker Muller Nisbet Doidge Boyle, um, Scott Allen, Jamie Murphy, Daniel Mackay. He's, he's got an attacking arsenal. He's got loads of attacking players. And you do think that against the likes, against the likes of Motherwell, against the likes of Dundee, Dundee United, uh, Livingston, etc., etc., that Hibs can be in a position where they can almost be gung-ho and almost say to a, a side, that's fine, we might concede, but we're going to outscore you. And they will just because they have got so many great attacking players. You look at the even in the midfield. I think Gogic, I thought it was really poor against Motherwell, and it's got to the point now. You think maybe having him in there could be overkill, and you could get away with having Joe Newell and Jake Hayes as a midfield pair, and or potentially Kel McGuinness in the in there as well. Who was I thought was excellent breaking the lines with his running. Jake Hayes was superb off the bench. I just think there's uh, there's a lot of attacking options, and it would be I think it'd be a waste. Not to use them and just just almost trying to obliterate teams, especially when question marks over the the Hibs defence, especially if uh, Josh Doig uh, leaves. Yeah, and with Jake Dalhays, I mean he's not that Alex Alex Gogic will still have his place in the squad because Alex Gogic is a midfield destroyer. And oh yeah, there'll be games where he'll be very useful. Yes, and and Dalhays is not that, but he can do for a lot of the games, uh, for a lot of the quote unquote run of the mill games, he will be able to do a lot of what. Gogic does in terms of breaking up play, but he's also somebody who's a much better footballer, like in terms of his passing. And he's just, yeah, he's just clearly more kind of talented with the ball at his feet. And that'll just make him a kind of more rounded side. It might mm. make them, might take up something a little bit away from them defensively. And there are obviously question marks over Hibbs defensively, but I still think that there'd be a better, a better kind of more rounded team with, with Doyle Hayes in that position rather than Gogic. But obviously, as well, you're saying. If they do want to play a four-four-two, again, they don't even have to play Doyle Hayes. They've probably got the the, the talents elsewhere. Like if they played McGuinness and Newell together, they could they could probably even do that as well. So yeah, it's an interesting point. Um, I think Hibs fans would certainly like to see that from from Ross, uh, and it would certainly endear them to Hibs fans to be a bit more kind of gung ho. Because I mean, rightly or wrongly, uh, they do identify with our club as being a team that, that tries to play a, a, attractive attack in football. Uh, we've seen enough managers to say to, to contradict that, but <laughs> yeah. they, they certainly like their team uh, more and they certainly take more pride in it when that's the case. So that's, Ross has his doubters and that is something that could get so a lot of the doubters on side is to just, just go for it a bit more. Yeah, there's part of me that thinks that if you, if you play, if you give, if you pay too much, too much respect to the the teams you're expected to be and play conservative. I, I take this um, this is from a position as a Hearts fan watching us go to away teams and almost give 
team with far too much respect and play conservatively. And you just become bogged down and it becomes a struggle, whereas you just go and have a go. Yep, yep. Right, last, certainly not least. It's only week one, but the title race is already over. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of mine is going to be uh, Rangers will drop drop four points at home all season. <laughs> yeah, go for that as well. I think they will drop more points this season, I think, after doing it last year. Well, it depends how long the run goes on for, because that will make them, that will be an incentive and that will want them to do really well. But if, if they drop, if they lose a game in the league fairly early on, I think they will drop a lot more points than last season and probably finish on something like high 80s, early mm-hmm. 90s, which will still be more than enough to, to beat Celtic because it's clear that Celtic, there's just going to be a lot of, there are signs there for Celtic that Postigal Coglu is going to, going to make things okay in the end. But I think we all saw at the weekend, they're not ready yet. They, they've still got a ways to go until they are a team that you can rely on to, to beat the competition every week, whereas Rangers, I mean, they just got it started in like, what was it, six minutes when Hadji scored? Like, it's really... And just the attack at Arsenal they've got when Kamar Roof could come off the bench and Morelos is nowhere to be seen because he's not, he's not uh, out of um, quarantine yet. And yeah, it's just some of the guys. Scott Wright comes on, uh, excellent in the second half. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just... Don't think they, I don't think they even use... Uh, uh, remember correctly, don't you even use Cedric Itten, who Steven Gerrard said was the standout attacking player during preseason? Yeah, no, nah, he sat on the bench for the entire game. Uh, yeah, so it's it's not. <laughs> but, well, sorry, Rangers fans, I, I, I really don't have anything else to add to, to your first. We'll, we'll say more interesting things about you in the future, I promise. There was uh, they, so they brought they brought Lundstrom. I thought one of the things I found was uh, interesting, aside from uh, Scott Wright, I think he could he could have a big role to play centrally as well um, when they need a different dimension in there but when they brought Lundstrom on and moved Stephen Davis they moved him actually further up the pit or to the right and he just Davis was just continued popping the ball about with, with absolute ease he was just a joy to watch Aye Mother um, I've only really got three other suggestions uh, Fashion Sakala didn't have the, the best of uh league debuts and it maybe goes to what I was kind of concerned about him uh, with these kind of He's kind of skill at running in behind, maybe won't mm-hmm. translate as well to, to playing uh, in, a, in a side like Rangers, who are going to dominate the ball and enforce the opposition back all the time. Um, but yeah, that's about my only other football observation. The other one, Ryan Kent does not suit a beard, and uh, Calvin Bassey's hair looks better. I was actually, uh, when Bassey's he's, he's, um, his hair is his hair is very good, but uh, I actually I was impressed with him. But so, he was really good. He was really good to get forward. Really good. Really, yeah. there's a lot of energy about him. He gets up and down the wing very well. His crossing is pish. Yes, he is. He, I think he's. He's. He would probably frustrate fans uh, over a long period of time uh, in the final third. He'd be very erratic. But no, uh, uh, certainly, a, certainly a player in there. Right, that's it for us. Thank you very much for listening. We're away to record a, a Patreon where we're going to look at some of uh, the kind of more interesting quotes from chairman and managers over the weekend. If you'd like to listen to that, it's... Uh, oh, God, I think I've forgotten the address. Do you remember the Patreon address, Joel? Um, no, neither, neither of us could remember it. If you, you're just going to have to find it yourself. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a shame. Anyway, yes, thank you very much and we'll be sure to catch us again soon. Goodbye for me. Goodbye for me. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.